The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today we have an intuitive reading and I'm really, really excited. We have a magical soul here, Martine, that is coming to us with some questions about her work and her finances. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. And is there anything specific there that you would like me to tune into and receive guidance for? Like any more specific question? Next steps in terms of me growing my business. Okay. And can you share with me and listeners what you do, if that's okay? Because that'll give us a little bit more uh, 411. I am an intuitive as well. I do readings. Okay. I do readings with cards. I do sound healing and I'm a writer podcast host. <laughs> Beautiful. All righty then. Okay. That gives me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to go on. So I'm just going to tune into your energy. Yeah. And the first thing that comes up is I don't know how long you've been doing the intuitive reading. I'm thinking it's less than 10 years. Yes. Yes. And so part of what happens, and I know, cause I've been doing this just a little over 10 years when we are kind of new to do it. Now, first of all, we're always good. We're always good and we always find the exact right people that we need or that need us on the right phase of the journey. And I found that right out of the gate, that the readings that I did and the work that I did, whoever came to me were the right people at the right time for what I had to offer. So I just want you to kind of take that in because it's always true. But there is a learning curve with this work and you will grow into it. And, you know, it's not necessarily the case that someone who's been doing it four years is like, you know, a thousand times worse than someone who's been doing it 40 because, you know, we all, again, bring what we bring to the table. But for you, my friend, I think you're still kind of getting used to the idea that this is what you do, that this is a viable profession, that this is something that someone could make money at. And almost like, and again, always tell me if I'm wrong, because it may seem like I'm talking at you, I'm reading you, but you know, you have to tell me what fits. No, no, you're, you're on money. Okay. It feels too a little bit, there's, there's a little like issue around the respectability of saying, I do this for a living. And I think it's familial. I think it's stuff that you learned that, you know, I don't know what you did before. It looks like you would have done something really great in finance or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
like it feels to me there's just a little bit like, you know, you've kind of stepped out of the box and I don't think you've caught up with yourself yet. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It does. And kind of owning that, you know, hey, this is this thing I'm doing. It's a thing that one could make money at. It's something that I feel called to do. It's a good idea. And that even though not everyone in the world that I come through is going to understand it, it's okay. Right. Okay. Do you have any family history of intuitive psychics in your family line? I do. Yeah. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I see that. Tell me a little bit more about that, please, because it's relevant here. Because it feels there's almost like a split in your family about how they view this kind of thing. Well, definitely on my mom's side and on my dad's side. But most recently, I learned or I came to learn that my dad had some intuitive abilities that he didn't even tap into. Okay. But definitely on my mom's side, growing up, talking about our dreams because they were, mine were very prophetic and, you know, just always talking about and going for readings too. We used to do that a lot. (laughs) All right. So you have a pretty big family culture around doing this kind of thing and it being okay. Yes. So where's, where's the rub? Where's the part of you that feels like, oh, you can't make a career at this. This isn't a real thing. Where does that come from? I think that with my family, it's not, it was fine. It's, it's part of our culture, our Caribbean culture. Got it. However, not something that you do as your livelihood, you know? Got it. It's something that you can do fine. But the feeling was, are you really going to make money to sustain your financial responsibilities? And it was always like, go to school, get a job, a job. Right. You know, like a corporate job or something like that. But you've done that. No, you seem to me that you've done that. And you've probably even have some money left over from having done that. Is that accurate? I still right now have a corporate job until the end of this year. Okay. All right. That tells me a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a corporate job till the end of this year Mm -hmm. and you're trying to transition into this. Is it because the corporate job is ending or is the corporate job ending because you want to transition? It's ending. They let me go. (laughs) Got it. All right. So the corporate job let you go and you're looking at this as an opportunity to do what you really want to do which is more of the energy healing and the yes. and the intuitive reading and the podcasting um but yeah. you're feeling like your legs are a little bit shaky because you're just not sure that someone could make money at this and also it never feels good to be let go although i don't really i mean we could get into that cuz i think it's complicated i don't get the sense it's because you weren't good at what you did no it was totally business you know on that level of right business had nothing to do with our performance. Exactly. Because it was it's a whole department. It's a whole department, not just me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I see. It's like it's it had nothing to do with you. You've always been good. And it does seem, but you'll tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that the thing that you did is like it's becoming a little bit less popular. So you could find a job doing that or something similar somewhere else. But it's like your your company isn't the only company restructuring in that way. Is that accurate? I feel like it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's the energy that I'm getting from the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's hard too, because it's a real like punch to move out because it's not like, oh, I work at a bank and, you know, now they've gotten rid of this one thing and I'll go do it at another bank because it's sort of the trend that they're getting rid of it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it seems to me that, you know, you're going to miss the camaraderie of working with others. I think that's actually a very good thing for you. But it doesn't seem to me like you're going to overly miss a lot of aspects of the work, except that, Martine, you read to me as someone who really thrives on structure. 
and you thrive on external structure. So I think it's not that you're not self-motivated because you are. I think you're very organized. I think if you make a project for yourself, it gets done. But I think there's a, a preference, a comfort in having an external structure to kind of guide you. And now you don't have that anymore. Yeah. So it's not that you can't, but you just prefer it because it's just, it takes the pressure off of you. You don't have to figure everything out. You know, this is how the bank works or the corporation works. This is what my job is. This is what's expected. This is what it means to do well, right? This is what it means to meet your goals. And now all of a Mm -hmm. sudden I'm like, I'm free falling and it's all on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have to show up times a (laughs) hundred. Yeah. Well, that's what it feels like. That's Mm -hmm. what it feels like that I have to show up times a hundred. Yeah. That's the belief that you have because you believed that in your work, the work was distributed evenly over everybody. I don't think that it was necessarily. I think you always have been a pretty hard worker. But I think that when you were part of a corporate kind of situation, you just, you knew where your job began and ended. And here you feel like I have to do everything. And it's not that there's that much more that you have to do. It's the idea. It's not the implementation. Does that make sense? Yes. It's not like there's, I mean, look, some kind of businesses, if you're running a restaurant, right? That would probably be a heck of a lot more work than what you did before, right? Because payroll and people and, but you know, you're going to be managing a team of one most likely. And you're going to other different tasks to do, you know, you're the only one who has to do them. So I want you to like let go of this idea that yes, it is all on you because, you know, the success or failure of your corporation, you know, had very little to do with what you did at your job. Although, you know, you need to do your job well and be part of a team and you, you always did that. You were very good at it. But in this case, it does feel like, you know, it's all on you. Okay. But they want to say the volume of work need not change. Okay. The volume of work need not change. You are excited about certain things in this area that you weren't excited about before. So you may find yourself doing a little bit more in certain things because it's fun, but that's okay. I would assume. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want it to be fun. Yeah. So I'm not really worried about that. I think the biggest thing is the belief that you have that this cannot be financially viable, that this is not a choice that I can make that I can't sustain myself doing this. And then there's a little bit of insecurity that says no one's going to want what I'm offering. (laughs) And I'm glad you have a year. So maybe in the year, it's going to be a little more work because you might be doing two jobs. But in that year, what I want you to do is get out there. And I want you to do as many readings as you possibly can, however you have to do them. Okay? Don't worry yet about making it a business plan, at least not for the first, if you have a whole year, that's great. Not for the first two or three months. I want you, and even up to four months, they say, all I want you to do is think volume. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to read as many people as I can. I'm going to hone my craft. I'm going to practice, 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 practice. I'm going to get comfortable with myself in that role of a medium, as a healer, as an intuitive, however you want to describe yourself. Okay? That's Mm -hmm. number one. So if it's, I'm going to start doing the psychic hotlines, if it's, I'm going to go to psychic fairs, if I'm going to read every single one of my friends for 10 bucks, okay? Don't worry about the financial viability yet. You don't need to yet. You're you're in school. You're just getting yourself used to it. You're, You're building the space for it. You're getting comfortable with the idea that this is what I do. You'll also start to get feedback that you're good at it. 
and you'll get better at it so that you'll have a little bit more sense of competence. Because right now it's like, I really want to do this. It runs in the family. It's kind of cool, but ah, right? Yeah. So by practicing and getting that feedback, and it'll be good feedback. I'm not worried about you. You'll hone your skill and you'll get better at it. Okay. And you'll also make connections, you know? So like if you're in college, right. And you're trying to decide what job you want to do. The thing that you do now is you do an internship, right? Right. And in the internship, you know, you're not necessarily concerned about getting a lot of money. You want to make connections, you want to practice and you want to like get good at this so that you can start to envision yourself doing it as a career. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes you find out you don't like it. And so that's important information too, because then you'll go back and do something else. I'm not worried at all too, because even though the skill set for the job that you had, meaning that job may not be there, you have a skill set for other jobs. So I'm not, okay, you have a little bit of worry that like, I have to go jump ship and do this now because the other door is closed and it's not going to open again. I don't see that. I think if you went to a headhunter or you went to a career coach or you went to minor tweaks, you have skill set, you have references, you have, you're not obsolete. You think you are. You have that belief. Yeah. I've been um, toying around with sending my resume out, different job listings on LinkedIn and things like that. Yeah. So I'm still keeping that door open because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going with it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a good way. And they're not mutually exclusive either. Mm-hmm. They're not mutually exclusive. And I do feel you would probably like to do something that's a little more service oriented. So take yes. your skill set to something that, you know, it just, it has a little bit of more of a helping vibe to it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really, for this, this transition in my life, what I do, I really need it to be service oriented, like mm-hmm. helping people and interacting. Yeah. I see it. I see it. And it's not that you didn't like what you did before. And I will tell you that you were very helpful as being a team player. That was just so important to you. And you were always reliable. Everyone could always count on you. And I think you took a sense of service from that. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, pretty much. But the overarching place didn't have the vibe that you want to flow forward with anymore, right? You want to feel like you're doing something good. And also it was kind of cold heart and male is the energy, you know, and not a lot of soul. Just not a lot of soul, you know, we do this, you know, and I think you'd like something that has a little bit more of a, you know, a giving kind of nature. So I love that, you know, I see maybe something along the lines of women, girls, those kind of issues where you're working along lines of that. Mm -hmm. I think you'd really enjoy that. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that plays out. If it's an education for women or empowerment for girls or homeless shelter or, advocacy, but like something along those lines is what I see if you Mm. wanted to go that route. That is interesting. Yeah. You're smiling when I say this. Yeah. (laughs) Because someone else said that to me and I felt the same way. Like it really opened my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not mutually exclusive. The two things are not mutually exclusive. So you can have a day job and still do readings on the side. Like there's a lot of different things Mm -hmm. you can do. So I would try both things and kind of see where things lie because I think Part of it too is you you had this passion project, you had this hobby, the other door closed, and there's a little bit of a sense of like that door is closing, you know, I gotta get my foot out of there before it closes on my toes, but also a sense of like I don't feel worthy to do anything else. And I just want you to recognize, like, just start to get excited about things again. Don't feel like you have to know everything all at once. 
just start mm-hmm. to kind of get out there, get excited again. And once you get excited again, you'll get back in your confidence and you'll get back in your routine and back in you like the motor will start rolling again. Yeah. Right now you're just a little bit in shock. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because you probably thought you'd be doing this forever, that other thing. Well, yeah, I wanted to leave on my own terms. <laughs> I know. I know. And I feel like spirit was like, nope, it's time now. I'll give you a little time, but you, you got to go. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I'd look at all of those things. I wouldn't look at them as mutually exclusive at all. Mm-hmm. And again, I would practice, 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 practice with the intuitive and all of the stuff that you do. And it's really hard because when you leave the world of left brain corporate, like pretty much everything, and you go into the world of woo, a lot of people want to bring with them all of the junk in my mind from the, you know, that left brain world to the world of woo. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of that. Look, do I think that, you know, you shouldn't just listen to everybody because they call themselves a psychic? I don't, right? Always vet it with yourself. Always see if it, if it fits. If you don't get a good vibe from someone, walk out the door, right? If they feel like they have a lot of ego or, you know, you don't, you just don't get the right vibe, right? There are lots of people that have all sorts of abilities that are not, you know, walking the talk of spiritual awakening or development or guidance. And they have a lot of ego. And then there's just a lot of people that, you know, say like they do stuff that they don't, you know, as a podcast host, I remember once I was pitched a client uh, who said she was an animal communicator. And, you know, I, I tuned into her and I'm like, no, she's not like, maybe she wants to be, and maybe she could develop that. Right. But she was just making it up. Right. Oh no. You know, cause she wanted to be, but the, the gift, I mean, we all have gifts and anyone can mm-hmm. open that up, but she hadn't yet. Right. It was a story that she was telling about herself because she wanted to be on more podcasts mm. and, you know, not putting her down, but you know, so we want to be discerning and you want to be discerning on yourself too. But as you start to do this, you'll see you have something to offer because people are going to walk away and they're going to get something out of it. It will build your confidence. And then when that confidence is built, it'll be easier for you to sell and position yourself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And something else is coming through along those lines too. But the other thing is I was getting at and the guides are getting at, we sometimes get hung up on these certifications, on these qualifications. and. I understand that. And, you know, yours truly can kind of, I'm lucky because I have some left brain, you know, education and qualifications that line up quite well with the other thing that I do. So, you know, if people want that credibility, you know, I can always be like, well, I went to Princeton, you know, (laughs) I have a master's of counseling. Like I'm lucky that, you know, I I got all that stuff because it gives me credibility. However, it does not make me better at what I do right? It has nothing to do with the work that I do in a lot of ways. It gives me some information. And sometimes my guides will be like, remember that thing you learned in grad school? Tell them about that. I learned boundaries and some counseling skills too, which occasionally come in handy in this other work that I do, but it's it's not the point. So recognizing that. And sometimes we, like, I think for you, you're struggling. What's my credential? What's my hook? What's my way to bring people in? It's you. It's you. It's your loving nature. It's your unique way of doing things. It's the way that you're going to connect with your own guidance and your client's guidance and the way that you're going to communicate it. People will be drawn to you because you're the right person for them. Just like people are drawn to me because I'm the person that can help them in this moment of time. I am the one, you know, and and tomorrow I may not be. And that is okay. I'm good. I'm good just being the vessel. 
But also I realized what I bring to the table is me because, you know, each one of us is unique and we all have our own perspective, our own take, our own gifts, our own way of expressing the one divine light. So that's all you need. You just need to be yourself. And sometimes we need an elevator pitch or a way to summarize that because we have to survive in the left brain world. Yes, we do. You know, mine is always like, I'm an intuitive counselor. I combine my training and background in psychology and counseling with intuitive guidance. That's what I tell people. But it doesn't even begin to sum up what I really do. And I don't get lost in the story of that either. Like, I don't feel like now that I said that, I have to do it a certain way. Yeah, I've been trying to put that elevator pitch together, as you call it. When people ask me, what do you do? It's like, well, I, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. It's like five things. And, and I feel like I sound ridiculous. Martine, reframe the question to what do I love? Take what do I do and answer it by telling people and telling yourself what I love. And that will get you your answer. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because you're going at the left brain approach Mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out what it is that I do and how do I explain it? I remember this when I first graduated. So my intuition opened. I don't know if I've told the story on this show, but I'll retell it now. My intuition started to open around um, my late 30s, early 40s. And by the time it started to open and information would come through, I realized that a lot of what came through was of a counseling nature. You know, I I would get information about childhood traumas. I would get a lot of things like that. At the time, I really felt it was important for me to go back and get a counseling degree because I was already a psychologist. And I was like, I, you know, I don't want to practice without a license. I wouldn't make that choice again for that reason. I'm glad I made the choice that I made for other reasons. But so I went back, I got my master's of counseling. Graduate, I started working professionally as an intuitive about a year before I, I finished my degree. So I was already doing that. And then I graduate and I have to find a job to get supervision hours to get my license, right? And so I have these two different things. So I hired this life coach and I'm trying to, you know, figure out what I'm going to do. And he was like, it was like demoralizing. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? You got to like figure it out. You got to boil it down. Stressed me out. Totally like kicked me to the curb. I fired him. (laughs) I just totally fired him. That was not supposed to be the experience. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sure he was fine and I'm sure he was good. He just wasn't good for me. Right. Yeah. Like no judgment of him. I'm sure he's fantabulous. But for me, it threw me for a loop. And afterwards, I realized, you know, I made the decision to do the two different things and let them come together in their own time. And that was an intuitively guided understanding that the world just wasn't the world where I was living in Connecticut wasn't necessarily ready for me to do the two things together yet. And it would come and it did very shortly thereafter. And so I did two separate things for a while and sometimes blended them and sometimes did not. And it was perfect. Mm -hmm. But the reason I tell that story is it was the left brain trying to like figure it out that didn't help. Right. And I was trying to make myself legitimate or tell myself a story that you know, this life coach and somebody else was going to understand. And, you know, that's not your locus of control. I mean, obviously you want to think about your audience, but not overly much. So for you, Mm. what the guides say is figure out what I love. That's step one. And answer the question that way and you will get a really good answer. Okay. Got it. Two, and we can even, you know, see what comes through now if you want. But two, you don't have to share everything that you do. 
Like you don't have to lead with everything that you do. I do intuitive readings. I do remote energy work. I am a counselor, right? I mm-hmm. I have my elevator pitch. If people have a longer conversation, I tell them about more of the tools that I have. Sometimes the tools that I have come as we're working together. And I say, oh, by the way, I do this. And people are like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like, I didn't know you did that. That's great. You have this other tool in your toolbox. So, you know, you don't have to lead with everything. You don't have to lead with everything. You can just start with like what you're really excited about. And the third thing that the guides say is that all the things that you do, do go together. Lots of people do do them together. They're not super disparate things like, you know, I'm an accountant and a psychic, you know, which would be really cool, but you're not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So be aware of that too. They're like, they're all things that people would expect to go together. And so when you do a website, you know, you can say I'm an intuitive and an energy healer. And then here are some of the modalities that I use. Okay. Does that help? Yes, that does help. Okay. Very cool. All right. Is there anything else? This was a lot already, I think. I know. (laughs) No, that we pretty much covered it, Victoria. Thank you. Yeah. And I think for you moving forward, Martine, it's about building that confidence, being more comfortable in that space of the unknown. And very most importantly, they're big on this, having fun. Because the reason you wanted to leave your corporate job is you wanted to have more fun. Yeah. You're ready to play. You're ready to like do the things that excite you. You're let ready a little bit to thumb your nose in. Does it have to be boring, man? I'm so over that. Mm-hmm. So focus on fun and anything that excites you. And you know whatever excites you gets you curious, gets you you know just feeling like wow, I really vibe with that. What made you smile? Like when I talked about like advocacy or whatever, and your whole face lit up. And again, that's not saying that that has to be the one thing that you do. But that's your soul speaking to you. Yeah. Right. Whatever excites you that you're curious about that brings you joy is your soul nudging you. Yeah. And those are the things I'm seeking. Yeah. And we're not taught to look at those things. We're taught to think our way to those things, which is impossible. Your mind only knows what it thinks it should do, what you've been taught you should like. Your mind is useless when it comes to finding your passion. It's useless. Mm -hmm. It will never ever get you there. But the good news is you already know because what makes you smile, what excites you, what's fun, that's what you want to follow. And that will get the job done every single time. And then, you know, your mind can come in and give you some details about how you might make it work. But even your intuition can handle that part too. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I feel so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. You're smiling. Your face looks great and have fun with it because you love doing these readings. Correct? Yes, I do. I do. And you know, you have that critical voice. You always wonder if you're not good enough. And you know, it's just practice. It's just practice. And you're good enough for now, right? You're learning. And like when I started, I wasn't as accurate as I am now. And maybe 10 years from now or 50 years from now, I don't know, 50 years, I'd be a little old, but you never know. 104. I might be better or I might just be really, really tired and not interested at all in doing intuitive readings. But where you are now is just fine. It's perfect because that's where you're supposed to be. And there's always the right fit. Always the right people come to us at the right time. And there's always that perfect fit. And those are the only people you need to worry about. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. And you tend to attract really nice people that actually just, you know, you have a beautiful energy and excitement and enthusiasm. And when you get into that space, that's actually what you're sharing with people most of all 
the mm-hmm. nuts and bolts of what comes through an intuitive reading are actually way less important than the energy that we share. That is very, very true. Thank you. All right. This has been really, really, really fun. I'm so glad that we did this. And mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a lot of takeaways for listeners as well. And I think the biggest thing that came through today, which for me was a little surprising, it's actually not anything I've ever told anyone, but in putting together your elevator speech, think about what you love. I just love that. I can't wait to hear what you come up with. And I think that that's one that's really helpful that I think I'm even going to try a little bit more when I'm framing the work that I do. You know, what excites me? Because what excites me? is likely what's going to excite the people, right, that I meant to attract into my space. All right. So thank you so much, Martine, for tuning in, for sharing yourself with us today, sharing your light, sharing your magic. Thanks everybody for tuning in. As always, if you like what you heard, you can always leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. So iTunes, Spotify, wherever. We always appreciate it. Share with your friends. Uh, Join us on Facebook and the Intuitive Connection community. But whatever you do, thank you so much for being part of this journey and part of my passion project, which is this podcast. All right. Thanks everyone and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa one to get that information. I answer audience questions and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.